Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. It was very lazy police work. Rather than doing real police work, rather than calling Mr. Re- attempting to call Mr. Reiner. Despite no process of actually having a judge make sure there is probable cause. How was that enough evidence? Uh, you can just click a button. Turn into a night in jail for something that I didn't do. You no, know, the practice is still very much happening and that there are thousands of these a year. There are a few ways to get arrested in St. Louis. Well, okay, there are a lot of crimes you can commit to get to that point. But unless you do that crime right in front of a police officer, there's a process to be followed. Evidence to be collected, witnesses to be interviewed. Police must go to a judge who has to approve a warrant and then an arrest can happen. But there is another way to get arrested in St. Louis. And almost exactly one year ago, Tim Reinhardt found out what that is firsthand. Your heart races a little bit, and then I said, he's probably pulling somebody else over, but he's pretty far back. And that's when he got out and he started saying, turn off the car, you know, yelling it from a distance. But then he said, put your hands out the window. And then I said, this isn't a normal, like this isn't a ticket. I have no idea what's going on now. Tim Reinhardt was right. It was not a normal ticket. Ted hadn't committed any crime. There was no warrant for his arrest. And among many things he didn't know at the time was that a week before Tim was stopped, a store clerk had taken a photo of his car and told the police he was a thief. But the clerk had ID'd the wrong vehicle, which sent police after an innocent man. It was a case of mistaken identity. So... I get out of the car. He says, turn around, put your hands up where I can see them. I'm like, you know, they are. I don't know how much higher my hands can get. And before I knew it, they were like, somebody was right behind me, grabbing my arms and putting them into handcuffs. So on November 27th, 2022, Tim was arrested by the Chesterfield Police Department. He eventually spent 24 hours in jail in St. Louis County before he was released. He was never charged with a crime. All this happened because of an unusual police policy, one that exists in few places outside the St. Louis region. That policy allows police to issue something that's almost like a warrant. It's called a wanted, but doesn't involve a judge's approval. The policy has led to years of lawsuits, and that now includes Tim Reinhardt. Earlier this month, Tim filed his own lawsuit against Chesterfield. And here to talk about that lawsuit and the wanted system, we have attorney Jack Waldrum in the studio. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks, Elaine. So, Jack, you were representing Tim Reinhardt in a lawsuit against the Chesterfield Police Department. Help us understand the wanted system. What is a wanted and how did it lead to Tim's arrest? Sure. So a, a wanted is essentially a... a uh, like a uh, an arrest warrant, except the judge doesn't approve it. And so a, any police officer who suspects that a person may have committed a crime rather than going to a judge and getting a judge to sign off on it can enter something into a computer system that would allow any other police officer in the St. Louis area to arrest Mr. Ryan, in this case, Mr. Reinhardt on site. And so... <clears throat> 
Mr. Reinhardt was suspected of a crime. It was incorrect, as it turns out. And rather than doing real police work, rather than calling Mr. Re- attempting to call Mr. Reinhardt, visiting his house, or, or um, you know, doing a number of things that could have verified exactly what happened, there was just a wanted put out for his arrest. And so about 10 days after this incident in a store, he's driving and he, he is pulled over by the Chesterfield police, as he described earlier. Mm-hmm. So this was a case of mistaken identity. Tim did not steal anything. And a store clerk, clerk took a picture of his car because they believed that he was a shoplifter. How was that enough evidence to arrest somebody? Yeah, that's a really good point. And it, it, it probably wasn't. And, you know, I think if somebody had done a little bit more legwork and um, had to present it before a judge, a judge may have had really good questions. Like, how do you know that the person in this car is the person who walked out of the store? And, you know, there was there was video at the time that really clearly linked the fact that that Tim was not the person who was who actually ended up taking something. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a wanted that was issued by St. Louis County. And you mentioned that there was, is a computer system. I mean, is that the only way that the uh, the Chesterfield police would come to uh, to know about this? Yeah, so my understanding is that a, a lot of police departments have like scanners on their um, on their cars. And so uh, if there's somebody with a wanted that's attached to a vehicle, so Mr. Reinhardt's vehicle was lawfully registered, um, and so they, it's likely, we don't know yet, but it's likely that these Chesterfield police officers got like a beep or a notification when they were driving in traffic and they saw Mr. Reinhardt's car and, and pulled him over uh, and arrested him without, you know, without any real process or without telling him why he was being arrested. As, as he described, he, was, he had to walk on, on I-64 and <laughs> there's cars whizzing by him as he's, he has no idea what's going on. He's a professional courier, so he's somebody who is drives all the time and he you know he doesn't get tickets very often. Right, right. So then what did the Chesterfield police officer who pulled him over know? Yeah, that, and that's something that we're finding out and we don't know exactly. Um it's likely that they knew that there was a wanted out for Mr. Reinhardt's arrest. Um <clears throat> as far as we can tell, there's not there's not much communication between the departments. And it's, it's really unlikely, as far as I could tell, that they would have known many of the specifics about what Mr. Reinhardt was uh, alleged to have done and, of course, what he did not do. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but and, and from what was communicated to Mr. Reinhardt, it didn't appear that there was much knowledge on behalf of the police officers. Uh-huh. Um, somebody at one point told him there's a theft, and that was about the extent of what he was told. Mm-hmm. Now, St. Louis County has a key role in the wanted system. And to talk about that, let's bring another voice into our conversation. Maureen Hanlon is a civil litigation staff attorney with Arch City Defenders. Maureen, welcome to the show. Hi, and thanks for having me. Now, Maureen, for the last six years or so, Arch City Defenders has been suing St. Louis County over the wanted policy, and that litigation is ongoing. Help us to understand the county's role here. I mean, is it in charge of this policy? No, St. Louis County, along with other municipalities, chooses to use the wanted policy. So it, it's a, as you noted, it's a unique procedure really to the St. Louis region where, you know, St. Louis County issues thousands of these a year. Um, and they have done so despite litigation, despite, you know, appellate decisions that have warned them about the constitutional problems in doing so. And so St. Louis County here 
you know, directs their officers to that they can use a wanted if they want um, instead of going to get a warrant. And so a St. Louis County police officer, if they want to speak to someone, believes they have this tool available to them where instead of having to do investigation, instead of um, having to sort of follow procedural steps to get a warrant, like going to a judge, just basically for their own convenience, can issue a wanted to have that person arrested by really any municipality that also has access to this computer system called Regis. Mm-hmm. And so here, St. Louis County, um, you know, I'm not familiar with the facts of this case. I'll let Jack speak to that. But, you know, St. Louis County police officers can, based on the direction and sort of the actions of the county, use this tool to have people summarily arrested despite no process of actually having a judge make sure there is probable cause to justify that arrest. Mm -hmm. And is it unusual for police to know so little about the person they're arresting? No, not at all. I mean, so the the Regis system, one of the, the long ongoing issues in the lawsuit has been that police officers issue these wanted and then completely unrelated police officers who know nothing about the situation end up arresting an individual. So that that's really distinct from something like where there's an investigative team and there's different people on the same, you know, the same squad of detectives. People are used to seeing that on TV shows that are maybe sharing information. This is St. Louis County puts essentially someone's name into a computer system and then wholly unrelated municipalities are arresting individuals with really no information or belief or, or basis to justify the arrest at all. Mm-hmm. Jack, same question to you. I mean, is is this unusual or is it actually quite common? Is uh, is but, other other departments arresting people? Oh no, for the police to to know so little. I mean, I think it'd be very very common when you think about how many wanteds are issued by different municipalities by St. Louis County. Um, every year, it couldn't it couldn't possibly be the case that you know an officer, say in Chesterfield, would know about some other investigation that had taken place from St. Louis County, or an officer, you know, in any another number of different municipalities, couldn't keep track of all the different wanteds that are being issued. Mm-hmm. And do you have a sense of how many wanteds are being filed, Jack? No, I don't. And and one of the real troubling parts about it, Elaine, is just there's no transparency about it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take, you know, the St. Louis City Jail, we know how many people are in the jail. We know what the demographic makeups are. We have no idea how many wanted are out. We have no idea what the demographic makeups are of, of those wanted's. Um, there, it, there's it's a totally opaque process, which mm-hmm. is, you know, one of the bigger problems with it. Yeah. And Maureen, for your part, do you have any insight into that about how many wanteds are being filed? So because we have the, our litigation has been going on for so long against St. Louis County specifically, I can confirm that, you know, the practice is still very much happening and that there are thousands of these a year. Um, and so through the information we've gotten from Discovery and through Regis, I can tell you that, that you know, St. Louis County, I think, has previously mentioned wanting to sort of limit the practice. Wesley Bell's office has, has said that they believe the practice to be unconstitutional, yet the practice very much continues. And there are thousands and thousands of these every year just from St. Louis County, which is only, you know, one police department. And then you're layering on all of the municipalities on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, 
And I want to add one other thing to what Jack said, which is just not only is there no transparency from a systemic point of view, but there's no transparency from an individual's point of view. So mm-hmm. there's nothing an individual can do to find out if a wanted has been issued against them. There's no public way to, to learn that information short of being arrested. We need to take a quick break here, but we are going to come back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. Now, this wanted policy, it's been in place for decades. It's not just in St. Louis County or Chesterfield. In 2015, the Department of Justice called its use by the Ferguson Police Department an end run around the judicial system. Why do you think this policy has stuck around for so long and in so many places in the St. Louis region and through so much criticism, Jack? Well, I, I think one is that it's sort of ingrained into the system, right? So, and it's from an officer's point of view, it's easy, right? Rather than you know trying to track down in this case, um, you know Tim and talk to him about what happened, uh, you can just click a button, and suddenly you know that you're going to get the chance to talk to him in custody whenever you somebody pulls him over and brings him into custody. So, I think from one perspective, it's just a very easy from police officer's point of view. Mm-hmm. Maureen, you were on our show last year to talk about a federal court ruling that looked at the wanted system. The court found the policy legal, but also potentially problematic. Can you remind us what the federal court found? Yeah, the the court found that that wanted are not per se unconstitutional. So that not an essentially that it's not necessarily that in every situation they would be illegal, but that really in most they would because the court found that simply issuing a wanted for convenience or for a a reason that doesn't align with the existing exceptions to a warrant requirement wouldn't pass muster. And so the, the position St. Louis County took in that lawsuit was, as long as a police officer thinks they have probable cause, they don't need to go see a judge. And, and the court, I think, correctly noted that that would essentially obviate the warrant requirement that, you know, there's there's been this long entrenched protection for our civil liberties of going having to go before a judge. And the court said, you know, simply not wanting to or having it be easier for the police officer not to do that isn't an acceptable excuse. And mm-hmm. so... You know, the court noted that it, in many situations, so for one of our clients in that lawsuit, um, you know, I think probably for many others, that it's likely the use of a wanted would be unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before the break, Maureen, you had mentioned Wesley Bell. 
And on Tuesday, we reached out to the St. Louis County Police. A spokesperson pointed out that the wanted's policy was changed in 2018, and it limited the use of wanted's to felony cases only. But wanted's are still being used. It's a policy that was opposed by Wesley Bell, who is the prosecuting attorney of St. Louis County. Bell publicly opposed the wanted's policy, and after he won his election in 2018, he told the Post-Dispatch that cops should be getting warned not wanted, and also said he wanted to see the system eliminated. So we reached out to Bell's office again yesterday, and in a statement, Bell said, quote, My position hasn't changed. However, our office does not have the constitutional authority to create law, only enforce it. A federal court ruled on the legality of the wanted system, and law enforcement must be in compliance with the court's ruling, unquote. Jack, you're representing an individual. You talked about opacity, systemic level, individual level. What do you make of this statement? I, I don't know exactly. You know, it must be uh, it must be legal, but I, I don't know when the you know when the rubber hits the road whether or not that's the case. What what it sounds like is that these wanteds are still being issued. Um, whether or not it's from the St. Louis County Police Department or from the prosecuting attorney's office. You know, the prosecuting attorney could have one position and the St. Louis County police have a different position. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems surprising to me that if somebody didn't want to get something done at the county level, that it couldn't get done. Mm -hmm. Maureen, what do you make of Bell's response? I'm not quite sure I understand it, to be honest with you. I, I think that certainly the St. Louis County prosecutor's office, you know, moves forward with cases And if the prosecutor's office knows that someone has been arrested um, on a warrantless arrest, which is what a wanted is, without the proper due process of law, I would think that it would make moving forward with that case constitutionally problematic. And I, I believe that Wesley Bell's office knows that. And it's not clear from his statement why he believes he doesn't have the power to do something about that when he so clearly believes there are constitutional problems. Mm-hmm. Jack, you had noted uh, the the must that was used. I mean, could the prosecutor reject charges in cases where wanteds are used? I suppose so. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I don't know exactly how that would work, but I I would have to assume there's enough correspondence on a daily, weekly basis between the county police and Wesley Bell's office that they could figure out a way to solve the problem so that people aren't getting pulled out of their cars and and spending the night in jail. Um, over these wanteds. Mm -hmm. And Maureen, to what extent, I mean, if police departments just refuse to act on these wanteds and not do what Chesterfield did, I mean, would that take care of things? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, this is a problem that could be solved simply by police departments changing their behavior. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's a nationwide expectation and system that police officers go to a judge and get a warrant if they want to arrest it someone except for in very specific situations where there's some kind of exigency or reason to do a warrantless arrest. And so police departments choose to participate in the wanted system. They they make a choice voluntarily to do it and they could simply not. They could simply direct their officers that if a warrant's required, a warrant is required. Mm-hmm. 
Now, before we end, let's return to Tim Reinhardt. He spent 24 hours in jail, but after he was released, he was able to prove with a receipt that he couldn't have been the thief, that it was a case of mistaken identity. And on Tuesday, Tim spoke with our producer, Danny Wisentowski. Tim said he's still shaken by what happened. There's a lot of things we take for granted. And just to be whisked off this, you know, what I thought was a traffic ticket turned into a night in jail for something that I didn't do. And to get to that point, it was very lazy police work. So, Jack, you're representing Tim in his lawsuit over this case. What results could come of this lawsuit? Well, uh, Mr. Reinhardt filed a lawsuit not only on his behalf, but on, on behalf of a class of potential people who've been seized and detained in a similar way by the city of Chesterfield. So um, our hope is that Mr. Reinhardt is able to um, get justice not only for himself, but also for a class of people. We don't know how big that class is at this point, mm-hmm. um, who've been treated similarly by the city of Chesterfield. And when do you expect there to be some resolution? Well, these cases can take a very long time, and we filed it only last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's pretty difficult to tell at this point, but it certainly won't be, it certainly won't be weeks or it would be more like months or years. Mm-hmm. Jack Waldron is an attorney at Kazeli Wersch, and Maureen Hanlon is a civil litigation staff attorney with Arch City Defenders. Jack and Maureen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you. This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.